when I published Ulysses by James Joyce in my little bookshop called Shakespeare and Company in Paris. Look, look, the dust is growing. My branches lost Lord Jesus. Stately plump bug bargain. All perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad. And yes, I said yes, I will, yes. Friends of Shakespeare and Company read Ulysses by James Joyce. Read today by Emily Pine. That was a relief, wherever you be, let your wind go free. Who knows if that pork chop I took with my cup of tea after was quite good. With the heat, I couldn't smell anything off it. I'm sure that queer-looking man in the pork butchers is a great rogue. I hope that lamp is not smoking. Fill up my nose with smuts. Better than having him leaving the gas on all night. Couldn't rest easy in my bed in Gibraltar, even getting up to see. Why am I so damned nervous about that? Though I like it in the winter, it's more company. Oh, Lord, it was rotten cold too that winter when I was only about ten. Was I? Yes. I had the big doll with all the funny clothes, dressing her up and undressing. That icy wind skeeting across from those mountains. The somethings Nevada. Sierra Nevada. Standing at the fire with a little bit of a short shift I had up to heat myself. I loved dancing about in it, then make a race back into bed. I'm sure that fellow opposite used to be there the whole time watching with the lights out in the summer and I in my skin hopping around. I used to love myself then, stripped at the washstand, dabbing and creaming. Only when it came to the chamber performance, I put out the light too, so then there were two of us. Goodbye to my sleep for this night anyhow. I hope he's not going to get in with those medicals, leading him astray to imagine he's young again, coming in at four in the morning. It must be, if not more. Still, he had the manners not to wake me. What do they find to gabber about all night, squandering money and getting drunker and drunker? Couldn't they drink water? Then he starts giving us his order for eggs and tea, Findon Haddie and hot buttered toast. I suppose we'll have him sitting up like the king of the country, pumping the wrong end of the spoon up and down in his egg, wherever he learned that from. And I love to hear him falling up the stairs of a morning with the cups rattling on the tray. And then play with the cat. She rubs up against you for her own sake. I wonder how she flees. She's as bad as a woman, always licking and lecking. But I hate their claws. I wonder do they see anything that we can't. Staring like that when she sits at the top of the stairs so long and listening as I wait always. What a robber too. That lovely fresh place I bought. I think I'll get a bit of fish tomorrow. Or today, is it? Friday. Yes, I will. With some blancmange with blackcurrant jam like long ago. Not those two-pound pots of mixed plum and apple from the London and Newcastle Williams and Woods. Goes twice as far. Only for the bones. I hate those eels. Cod. Yes, I'll get a nice piece of cod. I'm always getting enough for three. Forgetting. Anyway, I'm sick of that everlasting butcher's meat from Buckley's. Loin chops and leg beef and rib steak and scragamutton and calf's pluck. The very name is enough. Or a picnic. Suppose we all gave five shilling each, and or let him pay and invite some other woman for him, who, Mrs Fleming, and drive out to the furry glen or the strawberry beds. We'd have him examining all the horse's toenails first, like he does with the letters. No, not with Boylan. There, yes. With some cold veal and ham mixed sandwiches. 
There are little houses down at the bottom of the banks. They're on purpose. But it's hot as blazes, he says. Not a bank holiday. Anyway, I hate those Rock of Mary Ann coal boxes out for the day. Whit Monday is a cursed day too. No wonder that bee bit him. Better the seaside, but I'd never again in this life get into a boat with him after a bray telling the boatman he knew how to row. If anyone asked, could he ride the steeplechase for the gold cup, he'd say yes. Then it came on to get rough, the old thing crookeding about, and the weight all down my side telling me to pull the right reins now, pull the left, and the tide all swamping in floods, in through, through the bottom, and his oar slipping out of the stirrup. It's a mercy we weren't all drowned. He can swim, of course. Me? No, there's no danger. Whatsoever. Keep yourself calm. In his flannel trousers, I'd like to have tattered them down off him before all the people and give him what that one calls flagellate till he was black and blue. Do him all the good in the world. Only for that long-nosed chap, I don't know who he is, but that other beauty, Burke, out of the City Arms Hotel, was there spying around as usual, on the slip, always where he wasn't wanted, if there was a row on you. Vomit a better face. There was no love lost between us, that's one consolation. I wonder what kind is that book he brought me. Sweets of Sin, by a gentleman of fashion, some other Mr. Cock. I suppose the people gave him that nickname going about with his tube from one woman to another. I couldn't even change my new white shoes, all ruined with the salt water, and the hat I had, with that feather all blowy and tossed on me. How annoying and provoking, because the smell of the sea excited me, of course. The sardines and the bream in Catalan Bay, round the back of the rock, they were fine, all silver in the fishermen's baskets. Old Luigi, near a hundred, they said, came from Genoa, and the tall old chap with the earrings. I don't like a man you have to climb up to go get at. I suppose they're all dead and rotten long ago. Besides, I don't like being alone in this big barracks of a place at night. I suppose I'll have to put up with it. I never brought a bit of salt in, even when we moved in. The confusion. Musical academy he was going to make on the first floor drawing room with a brass plate. Or Bloom's private hotel, he suggested. Go and ruin himself altogether, the way his father did down in Ennis. Like all the things he told father he was going to do. And me. But I saw through him, telling me all the lovely places we could go for the honeymoon. Venice by moonlight, with the gondolas, and the Lake of Como. He had a picture cut out of some paper of mandolins and lanterns. Oh, how nice, I said. Whatever. I liked he was going to do immediately, if not sooner. Will you be my man? Will you carry my can? He ought to get a leather medal with a putty rim for all the plans he invents. Then leaving us here all day. You never know what old beggar at the door for a crust with his long story might be a tramp and put his foot in the way to prevent me shutting it. Like that picture of that hardened criminal. He was called in Lloyd's Weekly News. Twenty years in jail. Then he comes out and murders an old woman for her money. Imagine his poor wife or mother, or whoever she is. Such a face you'd run miles away from. I couldn't rest easy till I bolted all the doors and windows to make sure. But it's worse again being locked up, like in a prison or a madhouse. They ought to be all shot or the cat and nine tails. A big brute like that that would attack a poor old woman to murder her in her bed. I'd cut them off, so I would. Not that he'd be much use. Still, better than nothing. The night I was sure I heard burglars in the kitchen, 
and he went down in his shirt with a candle and a poker as if he was looking for a mouse as white as a sheet, frightened out of his wits, making as much noise as he possibly could for the burglar's benefit. There isn't much to steal indeed, the Lord knows. Still, it's the feeling, especially now with Millie away. Such an idea for him to send the girl down there to learn to take photographs on account of his grandfather. Instead of sending her to Scary's Academy where she'd have to learn. Not like me getting all at school. Only he'd do a thing like that. All the same on account of me and Boylan. That's why he did it. I'm certain. The way he plots and plans everything out. I couldn't turn round with her in the place lately. Unless I bolted the door first. Gave me the fidgets. Coming in without knocking first. When I put the chair against the door. Just as I was washing myself there below with a glove. Getting your nerves. Then doing the log lady all day. Put her in a glass case with two at a time to look at her. If he knew she broke off the hand off that little Jim Crack statue with her roughness and carelessness before she left. That I got the little Italian boy to mend so that you can't see the joint for two shillings. Wouldn't even team the potatoes for you. Of course, she's right not to ruin her hands. I noticed he was always talking to her lately at the table explaining things in the paper and she pretending to understand. Sly, of course. And that comes from his side of the house and helping her into her coat. But if there was anything wrong with her, it's me she'd tell, not him. He can't say I pretend things, can he? I'm too honest as a matter of fact. I suppose he thinks I'm finished out and laid on the shelf. Well, I'm not. No, nor anything like it. We'll see, we'll see now. She's well on for flirting too with Tom Devan's two sons, imitating me, whistling with those romps of merry girls calling for her. Can Millie come out, please? She's in great demand to pick what they can out of her around in Nelson Street, riding Harry Devon's bicycle at night. It's as well he sent her where she is. She was just getting out of bounds, wanting to go on the skating ring and smoking their cigarettes through their nose. I smelt it off her dress when I was biting off the thread of the button I sewed onto the bottom of her jacket. She couldn't hide much from me. I tell you, only I oughtn't to have stitched it and it on her. It brings a parting. And the last plump pudding too, split in two halves. See, it comes out no matter what they say. Her tongue is a bit too long for my taste. Your blouse is open too low, she says to me. The pan calling the kettle black bottom. And I had to tell her not to cock up her legs like that on show on the windowsill before all the people passing. They all look at her like me when I was at her age. Of course, any old rag looks well on you. Then a great touch-me-not too in her own way at the only way in the Theatre Royal. Take your foot away out of that. I hate people touching me. Afraid of her life, I'd crush her skirt with the pleats. A lot of that touching must go on in theatres. In the crush, in the dark, they're always trying to wiggle up to you. That fellow in the pit at the pit at the gaiety for Beerbohm Tree in Trilby. The last time I'll ever go there to be squashed like that for any Trilby or her Beerbohm. Every two minutes tipping me there and looking away. He's a bit daft, I think. I saw him after, trying to get near two stylish dressed ladies outside Switzer's window at the same little game. I recognised him on the moment, the face and everything, but he didn't remember me. And she didn't even want me to kiss her at the Broadstone, going away. Well, I hope she'll get someone to dance attendance on her the way I did when she was down with the mumps, her glands swollen. Where's this and where's that? 
Of course, she can't feel anything deep yet. I never came properly till I was, what, 22 or so? It went into the wrong place. Always only the usual girls' nonsense and giggling. That Connie Connolly writing to her in white ink on black paper, sealed with sealing wax. Though she clapped when the curtain came down, because he looked so handsome. Then we had Martin Harvey for breakfast, dinner and supper. I thought to myself afterwards, it must be real love if a man gives up his life for her that way, for nothing. I suppose there are few men like that left. It's hard to believe in it, though, unless it really happened to me, the majority of them, with not a particle of love in their natures. To find two people like that nowadays full up of each other, that would feel the same way as you do. They're usually a bit foolish in the head. His father must have been a bit queer to go and poison himself after her. Still, poor old man. I suppose he felt lost. Always making love to my things too. The few old rags I have. Wanting to put her hair up at 15. My powder too. Only ruin her skin on her. She's time enough for that all her life after. Of course she's restless, knowing she's pretty. With her lips so red. Pity they won't stay that way. I was too. But there's no use going to the fair with the thing answering me like a fisherwoman when I ask to go for a half a stone of potatoes. The day we met Mrs. Joe Gallagher at the trotting matches and she pretended not to see us in her trap with Friary the solicitor. We weren't grand enough till I gave her two damn fine cracks across the ear for herself. Take that now for answering me like that and that for your impudence. She had me that exasperated. Of course, contradicting, I was bad-tempered too, because how was it there was a weed in the tea? Or I didn't sleep the night before. Cheese I ate, was it? And I told her over and over again not to leave knives crossed like that, because she has nobody to command to her. As she said herself, well, if he doesn't correct her faith, I will. That was the last time she turned on the tear tap. I was just like that myself. They daren't order me about the place. It's his fault, of course, having the two of us slaving here instead of getting in a woman long ago. Am I ever going to have a proper servant again? Of course, then she'd see him coming. I'd have to let her know, or she'd revenge it. Aren't they a nuisance? That old Mrs Fleming. You have to be walking round after her putting the things into her hands, sneezing and farting into the pots. Well, of course, she's old. She can't help it. A good job I found that rotten old smelly dishcloth that got lost behind the dresser. I knew there was something. And opened the window to let out the smell. Bringing in his friends to entertain them. Like the night he walked home. With a dog, if you please. That might have been mad. Especially Simon Dedalus' son. His father such a criticiser. With his glasses up. With his tall hat on him at the cricket match. And a great big hole in his sock. One thing laughing at the other and his son that got all those prizes for whatever, he won them in the intermediate. Imagine climbing over the railings if anybody saw him that knew us. Wonder he didn't tear a big hole in his grand funeral trousers, as if the one nature gave wasn't enough for anybody. Hawking him down into the dirty old kitchen. Now is he right in his head, I ask. Pity it wasn't washing day. My old pair of drawers might have been hanging up too on the line on exhibition, for all he'd ever care, with the iron mould mark. The stupid old bundle burned on them, you might think was something else. And she never even rendered down the fat, I told her. And now she's going, such as she was, on account of her paralysed husband getting worse. There's always something wrong with them.
disease, or they have to go under an operation, or if it's not that it's drink, and he beats her. I'll have to hunt around again for someone. Every day I get up, there's some new thing on. Sweet God, sweet God. Well, when I'm stretched out dead in my grave, I suppose I'll have some peace.